Thursday, February 4th, 2016, and this is the One More Verse podcast. Hey everybody, my name's John Nix. On behalf of Vertical Purpose Ministries, I want to welcome you to the podcast. I'm glad you're here today. We're talking about Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Jonah was not happy with God. You would think that a prophet experiencing the greatest revival ever heard of would be thrilled. You might think that he might set up shop, he might develop relationships there. You might think that he would just be astounded by God's power and his sovereignty over the nations to see the people of Nineveh repent in such an overwhelming way. But that's not it at all. You see, in Jonah chapter 4, we get the surprise ending. We finally get to understand why this rebellious prophet acted rebelliously in the first place. Jonah finishes with his campaign. He makes it through. The city repents. God relents of the disaster. And Jonah just throws himself a fit. He was flat out mad. He prayed to God and he said, here's the big secret. And when he prays to God, he lets us know exactly why he was rebellious. He said, isn't this what I said when I was at home? I knew, basically he said, I know that you're gracious, you're merciful, you're slow to anger, you abound in steadfast love, and you relent from disaster. And I knew this is what you were going to do with the Ninevites. And so you know what? I'm just sick of it. And he tells the Lord, I want you just to take my life from me. It'd be better for me to die than to be alive. So God, and I love this about the Lord, this rebellious prophet who's just throwing himself a fit, God acts in mercy toward him as well. He asks him a question. Jonah, should you really be angry? Now, the scripture doesn't record for us that Jonah gives him an answer. It doesn't record for us that there was any more discussion Jonah just gets up and he goes out of the city. He's inside the city and he's mad. So now he goes outside the city and he's still mad. So he puts himself together a booth. Now, perhaps this is something that he learned because, you know, in the Feast of Booths, you had to learn how to kind of put a makeshift shelter together. And so he makes one there. He sits down under its shade, and I don't know if he's going to wait out the 40 days to see if God truly relented of the disaster, or if he was just wanting to get away from the people that he despised and did not think were worthy of mercy. Whatever the reason, he goes outside the city, he sits down to the east of it, he makes himself a booth, and he just continues to pout and sulk. Now, God begins to give him a bit of an object lesson. So God appoints a plant. Now remember, God's sovereignty over creation is one of those things that in Jonah we often overlook. God has appointed a fish, and so now he's not just going to appoint a fish, but he's going to appoint a plant. And so it comes up, it covers Jonah, it gives him shade over his head, and it saves him from his discomfort. And so Jonah is almost like a toddler. He goes from being furious and mad, but when the plant comes up, he's so happy. He's got his plant, and he's in the shade, and he's comfortable, so he's all good. But God is not finished with this object lesson yet. And so the Bible tells us that when the sun rose, the next thing that God did 
was he appointed a worm. So we've got God appointing a fish and speaking to a fish. We've got God appointing a plant. Now we've got God appointing a worm and it attacks the plant and the plant withered. And so when the sun comes up, the next thing God does is he appoints a scorching east wind, a Sirocco, and and the sun is beating down on his head and it's so hot. And if you've ever been in the Middle East, it's just brutal how hot it is there. And this had a little bit of extra heat on it. And so don't you just see the irony here? The prophet who really wanted God to burn up Nineveh finds himself being burned up by God. This rebellious prophet is there. He's about to faint. He just says, you know what? I just want to die. It'd be better for me to die than to be alive. But God says to Jonah, Jonah, same question. Are you supposed to be angry right now? But he points it out and he says, are, are you, should you really be angry about this plant? And I just love it. At this point, you know, Jonah kind of did the pout thing and he walked away from the Lord the first time. Not this time. (laughs) This time he just blows open. I mean, it's one of those things where we all know what the anger line feels like. And when we finally give full vent to our anger, man, our voice gets loud. Our tone is so harsh. We get so cutting with our words and we just begin to speak first and think later. And he just explodes. And when God asks him this and he says, should you be angry about the plant? He just says, yes, I ought to be angry. As a matter of fact, I'm furious. I'm so mad. I just want to die. And here comes the lesson. God says, so let me get this straight. You're, you're upset about this plant. Now, you didn't labor over this plant. You didn't cultivate in the soil. You didn't put the seed in. You haven't lovingly cared for it and fertilized it and tried to make sure. You certainly didn't make it grow. And it came into being in just a night and it perished in just a night. So you are upset about the destruction of this plant, but you're not upset about Nineveh. You're more upset that I didn't destroy Nineveh. You're more upset that there was no destruction over it, and yet you're very upset about a plant. He really questions Jonah's value system. Jonah, do you not understand? You see, we see the missionary heart of God. We see God just loving even pagan Gentiles coming to them, relenting of disaster when they repent. And here's his prophet, his spokesperson, who should understand this. He's been the recipient of God's grace. He has seized upon God's grace. He has begged for God's grace. He has celebrated God's grace. But when it came to Nineveh, He was unwilling for Nineveh to repent and experience God's grace. You know, in our own lives, it's not so different. We all have those blind spots, and there are those people who either we don't believe deserve God's grace. Uh, Perhaps there are some prejudice, uh, there's some prejudice that exists inside of you, be it uh, cultural or racial or political or economic or whatever it may be. We seem to all have those limits that we want to put on God's grace. 
oh, we're great. Uh, and we're more than happy to seize and drink deeply from this cup of grace till we are just absolutely filled to overflowing. But when it comes to others, we think instead of them receiving God's grace, they really need to get what's coming to them. It's almost like we, instead of following Jesus, we think that they ought to get some karma. The truth of the matter is this. God wants to teach Jonah something. Jonah, you didn't go to Nineveh and your rebellion was because there was hatred in your heart. You hated a people, a Gentile people, a people different from you. Had they done terrible things? Yes. Had you done terrible things? Yes. Exactly the same? Well, not exactly. The expression was different, but the same thing was rebellion against God. And what happens for us is we think that sometimes we want to put this on the sliding scale and rather than measuring against the holiness of God, we measure it against others. God's object lesson to Jonah was this, Jonah, I love my creation. Jonah, I love the people of Nineveh. Have they acted sinfully? Yes. Jonah, did you act sinfully? Yes. Jonah, I saved you. Correct? Yes. And so I also have a desire to spare this people. Oh, the love of God, how rich, how strong, how limitless. And as you read this chapter four of Jonah, now you can never read Jonah the same again. Because now when he doesn't go, you're going to know that the prophet of God rebelled against God because he's kind, compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness, and he relents of disaster. Oh, my dear friends, let this day be a day that you think upon grace, that you celebrate grace. But let us not be those who would keep grace from others. But let us pray that others would experience God's grace in the same way and even more than we have. Thanks for listening to the One More Verse podcast. Hey, if you want some more information about Vertical Purpose or one more verse, visit johnnicks.org. If you want to catch up with me on socials, you can go to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or Snapchat and use the handle TheJohnNicks. And don't forget to download the Vertical Purpose app for additional resources. Thanks again, guys, and I'll see you tomorrow for the One More Verse podcast.